Golden Spiral Media presents Chester's Mill Gazette, an Under the Dome podcast. Hey, Domeheads, it's time. Doug and Karen are ready to deliver the latest issue of Chester's Mill Gazette and share their thoughts on this week's episode of Under the Dome. Are you ready? Here are your hosts, Doug and Karen. Hi, everyone. This is Mackenzie Lentz. I play Nori on Under the Dome, and you're reading the Chester's Mill Gazette. Thanks, Mackenzie. Welcome to you all, and thanks for reading this issue of the Chester's Mill Gazette. I'm spelunking columnist Doug Payton. And I'm environmental sciences editor Karen Lindsay. We're hot off the presses with this issue for Season 2, Episode 6, In the Dark. And we were very much in the dark uh, for a lot of this episode, although I think we're going to see a little later. I think we, we're we shedding light on a lot of things. But anyway, as we get to the masthead, remember we are published by Golden Spiral Media at goldenspiralmedia.com slash dome. And the writer for this episode was Caitlin Parrish. The director was Jack Bender. Always makes me think of Futurama when I hear <laughs> Jack Bender. <laughs> I don't think he's a robot. No, I don't think I so. I hope not. Well, who knows? Maybe robots can uh, direct now. I, that one, I actually would be okay with Bender directing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that could be really weird. <laughs> and speaking of Golden Spiral Media, I want to make you aware of a couple of meetups that are going to be uh, sponsored by Golden Spiral Media. One is at the Podcast Movement uh, Conference out in uh, Dallas, Texas. It'll be Friday, August 15th. And the uh, at a restaurant to be named later, at around 6 or 7, they're still working that out. But if you are interested, if you're going to be there uh, for, the con- for the conference, or uh, if you just happen to be in Dallas near or nearby, email feedback at goldenspiralmedia.com, because he wants to get a head, a, a head count, and put in the subject Dallas Meetup. Now, a second meetup is happening, and it's a little farther away. On Sunday, September 21st, it's part of the lost 10-year anniversary celebration out in Waikiki, Hawaii. Uh, Daryl and his crowd are going to be out there as well. And this is a little different. He needs a little more information than just a headcount. So if you go to goldenspiralmedia.com slash Hawaii, and for those of us who are spelling impaired, it's one W, two I's. <laughs> uh, and there's a form there to fill out, and they just need, so they need more than a head count. So that's uh, that'll give them a little idea of ages, age ranges, and things like that. So um, I checked with Daryl uh, this afternoon, and he said that you know you could send an email, you know, even as late as Thursday, August 14th for the Dallas thing. So it's uh, it's he's just again just trying to get an idea for the uh, for the restaurant, and they'll know how to much uh, how much room to to create. So if you're interested in that. Then uh, let us know. Cool. Alrighty, and I think my friend Jesse will be there. So um, if you're planning on going or you're not sure whether you're going to go or not, it's going to be a blast as long as Jesse's there and Daryl's there. <laughs> so I would advocate if you're anywhere near, you should go. If you are a listener of any of the GSM podcasts, you'll certainly find people whom you can relate to. That's right. Alrighty, well let's get to the news then. And we have some ratings info. Thank you. Go for for in the dark. Go ahead, Karen. Uh, yeah, um, via Hitfix and TV by the numbers. Hitfix says Under the Dome won the 10 p.m. hour with 6.755. Wow, down to the uh, what? Some places, yes. <laughs> thousandth uh, million viewers for CBS coming in second with a 1.6 rating. So it won, but it came in second. I love how the demos work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a 1.6 rating among the magic, de- uh, the magic uh, demographic. But right, 18, be- point, 18 to 49. But outside of that, perhaps, there was enough for it to... Uh, I don't know. To, to win. win it, yeah. Yes. Uh, in the magic demo, and I'm doing the air quotes, in the magic <laughs> demo uh, among adults 18 to 49, it came in second, uh, coming behind, uh, I guess, American Ninja Warriors. <laughs> classic. Absolute classic. That is stunning television, I tell you. <laughs> I know. And Mistresses came in third. 
with the 0.9 in the key demo. All right, we're cranking though. Yeah, and TV by the numbers says under the dome was a 1.6. Again, the same number, but it's up 7% from last week's series low, which is good. Um, and that's a 1.5 in the adults 18 to 49. So it gets a little um, more precise there. A little uh, bit of a bump too. That's good. That's right. And it's it actually rounds. Instead of 6.755, <laughs> TV by the numbers rounds it to 6.76. So, yay. Ooh, you know, you get your numbers from two different places, you're never really sure. You know, a guy with one watch knows what time it is. A guy with two watches, he's never sure. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, the, at least it's consistent. It's it, I get my information from several different sources, and it, it, I make sure that everything's correct. So... That's good. You're keeping an eye out for us. We love that about you. I am. Okay. Let's talk about the episode this time around. And the headline is, Tunnel Travails Trap Intrepid Explorers. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of difficult to come up with an best, alliteration best for this. I can do. <laughs> I, Variety's going to fire me soon. <laughs> I think we did okay in, until that last <laughs> until word. The last thing. <laughs> tech explorers. Maybe they were in Texas. It would have worked. I don't know. Okay. Well. <laughs> They're in Maine, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. I gave this episode 8.5 obelisks. And I, I'll tell you why. I went back and looked at my ratings uh, from Revelation, where they really let us know a lot about uh, the, the, the plot, the backstory, and things like that. We were getting a lot of answers. And I gave it a nine. But this time around, there was a lot of information. It was very dense. You know, I, I tweeted out that I, I felt that the writers aren't stringing us along. I mean, they're giving us a lot of uh, answers and a lot of information, but it just seemed too dense. It was just, there was just so much. And bam, 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 bam. Like, what did he say? And then all of a sudden, something else important is coming out. And it's like, ah. So I, I, I felt like I couldn't even, you know, keep it all in my head. Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit lower than you, and I'll, I'll tell you the reason in a second. Um, I give it a 7.5 cougars. I'm not going to explain it. If you don't know cougars, then look it up. Um, <laughs> and that is reference to Melanie. So I went 7.5 because, and it's similar to your reason, yeah, they gave us a lot of information. We learned a lot. Um, we got some more um, chunks of stuff that we need to know coming up, but it was just so all over the place. Um, I, I felt like it was kind of, um, I don't know. Um, scattered? Just, well, I scattered, but so many personalities. Oh, okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. It was just everywhere, all at once. There was the whole big gym turning on Julia, Julia, and Miss Science Teacher, and then the whole, you know, down in the pit, and then Barbie there was the kids, and the Barbie and Sam, and the, yeah, just uh, everything. You know, we could have done with a couple less storylines in this episode. You know, just one less storyline, and it would have been a little cleaner. We are so difficult to please, I tell you. Well, we want, I'm just We want saying. answers, but when they give it to them, we don't want them in buckets, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't need it poured over my head. Just a trickle would have been nice <laughs> this this episode. That's I feel, all. I feel like a sponge after a tsunami. You know? Yeah. It covers me up for, and the sponge is full, but there's a lot of water that got missed. It's just laying all around me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, for a normal person, not someone like us that we rewatch and we rewatch in order to take notes, someone who's just going to watch it once, they're going to get overloaded. Hmm. So I feel like it. A lot of this stuff is going to get lost on just a casual viewer. And that's kind of the thing that I judge it on. Well, folks, so, if we have missed anything, you make sure you give us some feedback of what we missed, because I think we're going to miss something. I'm going to call it out right here and say it's going to happen. Yeah, definitely on this one, at least. Well, we start out in the in the school basement and well, kind of exactly where we left off last week uh, with a flashlight peering down into a big pit behind a locker. And I, I was wondering if some of those books down there were, you know, Melanie Crosses, you know, she was wondering, where the heck did I lose my math book? 
<laughs> I wonder how much the fee was on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they charge a lot for those. They do. And and Junior is definitely taking the law into his own hands, never mind what turns out to be Sheriff Barbie. I mean, it sounds like he's actually officially got the job for what it's worth. I mean, I don't think there's a paycheck, at least not now. Oh, no. But uh, but he's, you know, emboldened by the fact that, hey, he killed Clint Dundee at one point, and uh, so he's he's ready to take out Lyle because of, uh, of what that boy did. He was going to be judge, jury, and executioner like somebody else I know. Oh, yes, his dad. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he doesn't want to take after his dad, but... Hmm. Although I tend to think, you know, when we did the TV talk thing last year, we mentioned that they played that whole thing with the Dundee brothers like he was a bad guy. But I was kind of okay with him killing the Dundee brothers. They were... They were not the, the most savory of characters. No, and they, they, were, they killed Rose yeah, yeah. and and they were not really going to stop. Uh, you and know, if they, you, if you can't apprehend them, then what do you do? Just let them, it's a, yeah, they, it's a small dome after all. They had to go. And, you know, he was not, he was not look out for blood. He thought that Lyle killed Angie. And so it wasn't, I think there was some revenge in it, but I also think it was, well, we have to stop him if he's going to kill people. Yeah, his sense of justice. Yeah, from, right. from that, from the, from the perspective of the person who's kind of in an unusual situation in a dome. Right. So I don't think he was taking after his dad so much as he was looking for justice. But I see the parallel there between him and his dad. I think maybe it's two sides of a coin hmm. in that case. But that's just me. I don't know. And our intrepid uh, explorers uh, get separated. Because uh, now I guess I'm trying to figure out if they thought that I mean they thought that Lyle set that up, but I it seemed to me like he had to have. Yeah, could it have been there? I don't know. Uh, I think Lyle set that up. You know, I think Lyle set that up so that no one would follow him. Hmm. I'm just thinking where he got all that together in in relatively short span of time. See, I also got. A vibe that Sam set it up, but I don't think Sam could have gotten down there. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. Because, you know, Sam wanted Junior dead. And it's interesting, too. Oh, that's, yeah, I, he was trying to, maybe trying to take him out with that. And it it almost did, but it's interesting. That, well, yeah, the, the, the trip wire trap was the, uh, was this, this, you know, Penelope, not Penelope, Pauline's, journal right and i'm first of all i'm surprised that lyle would have parted with that right i mean he went through you know quite a bit he whacked junior to get to that then he used to, to just you know use it as bait in a in a tripwire in a, in a in a tunnel uh, i'm not entirely sure about that see that, now that here's seems, here's the thing is there a way and uh, i would love to get feedback from our listeners and you know i'll Maybe I'll go back and check. I didn't have time. Um, but I wanted to kind of know if maybe there was time that, you know, Sam and Lyle or Sam went down there thinking that Lyle went down there, managed to wrestle the journal from Lyle and set that trap up to try and get Junior hmm. stuck in it. So he wouldn't have to kill Junior Himself. with his own hands. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, you know, Barbie foiled his plans by pushing Junior out of the way. Now, that would be crazy like a fox. That would be very interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't thought. There's a, there's a lot that would have had to have happened off camera that uh, we're not going to necessarily see at this point. So that's Right, uh, but we might learn it. We may learn it from Lyle. Right. If he's still that around. Would, that was just my thought. Because it would have been very convenient for that journal to be there with the trap. I mean, that would have definitely gotten junior to reach for it yeah yeah and you notice he was the one that triggered it so at least that was my thought so now when uh barbie and sam split apart 
Mm-hmm. And they continue on down, you know, Barbie, we see Barbie going down the one uh, tunnel, and then Sam comes up from behind him. Do you buy the whole, you know, like, uh, oh, that must have circled around and, you know, and come into, I would have thought that Barbie would have seen the tunnel, you know, an open tunnel to the side of him, like the other one uh, joined it. So he would have known that that's a possibility. I think but it's a circle. You think it's a, a hmm. I think they're in the center of the dome. Not in the school. Well, it could be, but I, I thought the school. Well, they're, they were, they're down. They're down there, and they had to, well, they said they walked to where they thought at least they should have been outside the dome. And uh, I guess, you know, it, it's only a couple of miles, so I guess we don't really see how far they, they truly walked. So, yeah, that's, that, that's a possibility. It's just a thought. Um, and who knows what weird physics go on down there underneath the <laughs> and, dome. And Sam looked to me like he was really trying to take out Barbie. I I don't know why. Yeah, but It could have been either. Sam was definitely kind of cagey there. Mm-hmm. But he also seemed, besides the fact that he was hiding, trying to kill the hands, he was pretty open with Barbie. He, you know, he didn't hold a grudge against Barbie. He yeah. saved him from falling and all that. So I don't know that he was trying to come up behind Barbie and do anything weird. I, yeah, uh-huh. And I don't see, I don't, I mean, it looked to me like that. And I think that's the vibe they were going for, but I couldn't see a reason that would help him at all. Taking out Barbie. And you know, at some point, if he gets rescued, you know, he's got to explain that. So right. I guess, you know, a bonk in the head from a rock or something, but it doesn't really advance his agenda at all. Right. And he was pretty adamant about, Hey, I went that way. I went to the right, uh, you know, and Barbie said, you know, how come you came up behind me? Well, I went to the right. So, and know, it didn't yeah. seem like he was lying. It didn't seem like it. Now, I might be naive, but I think personally, it looked like from a story standpoint, they were trying to emphasize the fact that they actually did split and came they came together. out. Right. Now, whether it's the dome trying to get them back at that point, like they were saying, um, you know, some sort of weird physics thing happening, trying to get them back to the pit, Mm -hmm. or whether it was actually going in a circle, um, you know, I don't know. It it was just the thought that maybe they were at a spot where it actually did go in a circle around the pit. And the, uh, the, the conversation that Barbie and Sam have in there, Gets Barbie. We start. We see this kind of progress as their conversation progresses. But Barbie's asking about uh, about Angie and where Sam was at the time. While well, I was looking for Melanie, and there were some inconsistencies in his story. And Barbie calls him on it, but uh, he doesn't have any any actual proof just yet. And so that immediately, and, and again, you can. They're trying to. I think trying to telegraph an idea that you know Barbie doesn't trust Sam. So Sam really was trying to take out. Barbie, but 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 I guess at the time, Sam didn't know what Barbie knew, so right. it doesn't necessarily mean that he was uh, he was coming after him. So you know that kind of exonerates him a bit there too. But you've got Barbie putting all the pieces together, and yeah. that was uh, that was certainly something that uh, Sam couldn't at the time. I think Sam couldn't let happen. When we have the um, the re- revelation later on, then he's doing something a little more drastic. But yeah, but you notice. And this is not me making excuses for Sam at all. Cause you wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't, actually. Uh, I think he's the kind of a bad guy. Um, but he does come clean whenever um, Barbie confronts him with something. Uh, you know, as soon as Barbie says, well, we know this, you know, Sam doesn't hesitate. And he says, well, yeah, here's the story. And he tells him about what happened with the egg. You know, he says, well, you knew about the egg. And he says, well, here's the story of what happened back then. So at least gives us the idea that we can trust what he's saying then. I mean, if you can never right. trust anything a character says, it really makes it it really makes it difficult for that character from a writer's perspective to, you know, do some exposition about the past or anything like that. It's like, if I can never believe him, don't even talk to me. Right. And it's almost like he was lying by omission. All the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he never really said, I don't know Melanie. 
He oh, just he never came out and said it. He just didn't say anything about her. <laughs> um, so he, he came clean with him when Barbie confronted him about stuff. And even when Barbie said, did you kill Angie? Mm-hmm. He came out and said, I had to, because, you know, if you look at the journal, then it looks like what uh, she was saying was, if you kill the four hands, the dome will come down. And I want to make, you know, make it so everyone can leave. And then I'm going to kill myself afterwards because, and what he was saying was, I won't be able to live with myself afterwards. After what what he has to do to uh, bring it down. Right. But, you know, it, it was almost like he was saying the the good of the many over the good of the few sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, kind of, um, kind of right out of Star Trek, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, if this is what I have to do to free everyone from the dome... He's willing to do it, yeah. Then, you know... And, and it was almost like, you know, she, it, she was my sister, and I got this journal, and I feel like it's my responsibility to save everyone, even if it means I have to do some hard things. Hmm. And the uh, the path that they're taking, bef- you know, before that that final reveal, the path they take brings them to this bottomless pit under Chester's Mill. Who knew that um, they didn't need to dump their garbage anyplace else? They just need to <laughs> open that locker. <laughs> it's the pit of Sarlock. <laughs> and that that brings us to. And now the Barbie of the week. We have Indiana Barbie and the Tunnels of Doom, complete with easy-to-assemble trip wire trap and journal. Batteries not included. This has been the Barbie of the Week. And thank you, Sam, for rescuing Indiana Barbie, because he didn't quite have his uh, whip there to <laughs> latch onto something. No. I'm just picturing him with a leather jacket and a hat, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. And, a, and an alien, or maybe not. Well, well, well <laughs> oh, please that no. Could, that that could still happen. Maybe this is this is uh, Chester's Mill Gazette and the I'm sorry, Chester's Mill and the Temple of the Crystal Skull. Oh, that movie did not exist. <laughs> I refuse to believe that movie existed. <laughs> Part of the um, the uh, story that Sam t- tells about the egg in the past is that. Uh, it, the egg seemed to scream, and it, it, it this egg seems to be able to communicate, um, not just audibly, I guess, but also, you know, Mel thought the egg was alive and thought it was scared. You know, didn't talk to her or did it, you know, in her head, uh, an emotional connection, that sort of thing. And she felt like she wanted to take care of it. Again, not, you know, the, the impression is she just had this thought. Mm-hmm. And that uh, that the egg is perhaps manipulating her. Maybe she was the monarch of 1988. And so that's, you know, who is this another method that whoever this is communicates with the people? And, there, and now there wasn't a dome back in 88. No, so, just the egg. So, and the, yeah, the egg shows well, up from the, in a meteorite. It had the, yeah, it had the meteorite around it instead of a dome. So do you think this time it's the the dome protecting the egg and is is it the same egg? Hmm. Mm. I, I my guess is it might be. And I'm assuming it is. I'm I'm assuming. And I guess it was kind of oh, I bet you it was buried with Mel when they, you know, covered her up, I guess. And appeared when the dome appeared. It kind of, you know, cuz it, it was the there was a little spherical dome, you know, the mini dome was actually a sphere. Mm-hmm. Ah, so may have you know maybe the egg created all this. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I mean, there's just so much. Again, this was a very densely populated episode with dense yeah, again. Uh, information and so much. And I know I'm missing something. Call in and well, let us know. And Julia also had those same feelings from the egg, thinking the egg was communicating with her, but more in a in a nonverbal yeah emotional sort of way. Yeah. Right. And there's also other parallels where um, Melanie had to choose between her friend's safety and the egg safety. And Julia had to choose between Barbie's safety and the egg safety. So 
that's a parallel as well. I hadn't I hadn't f- remembered that one. That's cool. Just a a weird thought. Well, and Julia, speaking of Julia, you know, she and Rebecca are wanting to you know, blow the blockage there in the uh, in the tunnels. But it was interesting. This is a nice character development scene where or a couple of them actually where Julia and Rebecca are kind of uh letting each other know the choices they made to get to this position. Why are they here? Um, Rebecca was going to Cornell. I was just up right near Cornell uh, when I was on vacation. Hmm. Not many people ever heard of Ithaca, New York, except Cornell University students. But they all know about <laughs> Cornell. So they, you know, poor little Ithaca. It's what they call centrally isolated in upstate New York. But anyway. Well, if you watch The Office, you've heard of Cornell. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah. So, so anyways, they, yes, it, they, it was interesting that they got kind of an uneasy, it seemed at the beginning, an uneasy trust there. And it kind of solidified a little more. Julia actually kind of uh, making good on her announcement to the town that uh, what she and Big Jim had done was not unforgivable. And so she's kind of, I guess, leading by example in that case. Yeah. <clears throat> While well, other things are happening elsewhere in the town but yeah, we'll talk yeah. about that oh, later we'll get to that later yes indeedy we say that yeah later. we'll get to that later there's just <laughs> so much to get I to know. yeah i guess they're trying to prove that julia and rebecca are more similar than we think and they're reminding us that julia is in the town because she lost an opportunity with another paper mm-hmm. which wasn't expounded upon in the first season, but I don't think that's terribly important at this point. Well, in in both cases here, at least, uh, Chester's Mill was not their first choice. Right. They had so they're there they out of a, a kind of coincidence, but they're at least Julia is very important to what's happening. I don't know how important Rebecca is to the egg and the dome. But obviously, Julia, you know, whether the, the Dome wanted her there or whether she is just part of it because she's there, um, I don't know. But she's important to what's happening. Mm-hmm. So, And finally, we, we have the revelation, or at least for Barbie, that Sam's got those scratches on there. He realizes that his suspicions are indeed correct, that Sam did kill uh, Angie. And we have the whole exposition of the four hands and uh, what happened back then and what's it, what's kind of what seeing what's uh, the parallels that are happening now. But finally, after spilling his guts, I was, you know, wondering, how is this how does this wind up? How did, you know, is Sam going to just wind up in a cell? I, Barbie really did have a uh, a threat there saying, I'm just going to let Junior, you know, do whatever he wants to you. You know, that's. <laughs> Ouch. Never mind a gallows. Wow. Yeah. And so Sam takes a uh, uh, kind of a diving, a little dive, back back dive off the uh, off the cliff there and into blackness. Into the abyss. Yes. Now that we've never heard anything hit the bottom of nope. at, uh, currently. So I use the word abyss on purpose if you've ever seen the movie. The abyss. Yep. I don't think I've seen one. I've heard of it, though. I will you haven't that. seen the movie? No, I haven't seen the movie. Okay. If you had seen the movie, um, you know that the abyss isn't what it seems. Oh, okay. All right. So, in this case, I think the same. And we also learned that Barbie's killed a lot of people. Yes. And uh, I think a lot of that has to do with war, since we know he was... In the military. In the military. But I think some of it might have been from him being... Maxine's uh, bodyguard or, or, yeah. or heavy. Yeah. Yeah, and is there more to him? I mean, we don't know a lot about his background, but I, I tend to think he has some PTSD happening. That would, yeah, that could explain. Uh, although he has been very together in what we've seen of him so far. I think that's probably his training, that mm-hmm. when he has to, he has he can pull it together. You know, when you're in the military, you can pull things together. But... When you have to, yeah. Yeah, but when you're in a normal setting, things tend to spook you a bit. Um, But this, you know, he's in his element when he's a soldier-ish type thing. Soldier-ish. 
Well. Yeah, he's not really a soldier, but he's certainly letting some of that uh, training kick yeah. in. There's the stress that comes with that and having to fight to survive. So I think he's he's handling things maybe a little better than he would have on the outside. All righty. Well, the B story here, I'm calling it the B story. I don't know if that was the intent, but maybe so. Um, we had it initially before Barbie went off to uh, spelunking. He and Julia, looks like they're back together. Yep. Looks like that's all patched up in the whole bit. But he's, Whiplash. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a week for you and me, but it's been a day for them. So, yeah, yep. that's... But he's telling off Big Jim, and and as you and I have seen in the past, that is generally not a good idea, although Barbie <laughs> seems to have nine lives when it comes to uh, oh, Big Jim. Oh, Barbie. Barbie, Barbie. Yeah, but he's telling off Big Jim, and Big Jim and Julia are trying to work together, and that that's the problem, well, is that he's telling off Big Jim, and Julia's the one who's going to have to work with him. I know Julia's trying to work with him. I'm not so sure it's being reciprocated. No, I know, and that's the issue is, you know, Big Jim is... Don't make him mad, because he's not going to be very good to Julia. Right. So he has to... Barbie really should be thinking of Julia in this case, not himself. Oh, that's true. That's true because he's he's going to be. Uh, I don't know if he, well, uh, he didn't expect to be gone so soon, but uh, yeah. But yeah, that was. Uh, and then you know we have a, a dust storm kick up here. What are these people who run the dome? What are they trying to do? They don't run a dome very well, frankly. No, not at all. And they're. Clog, it's getting clogged pores. I think all it really needs is a little vino or something. I don't know, but uh, vino, astringent, something. <laughs> and they have uh, a, an idea from leftover from Rebecca about using uh, the windmill, and you know, then hooking up a big old hose to it. And Jim's trying to rally the troops while Julie is out and say, "Hey, let's let's." He takes her, you know, her idea and Rebecca's idea really, and. Uh, Kind of makes it his own, but nobody wants to, you know, do anything about it. Just I, they haven't quite come back to the Big Jim camp. Not they haven't quite. They haven't at all. Well, except for one aesthetic. Ben. Yes, Ben. And I'm so disappointed in Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you on his side, Ben? Wrong Although it thing. was amazing to see him back this week. Um, I love him. But I, yeah, as things as things get worse, and Ben becomes the uh, the impetus to actually, well, maybe really need to do something. And uh, Big Jim not really liking this whole vote thing, but uh, finally he gets uh, uh, enough people to realize that yeah, maybe we need to do something here. And he gets yeah, his that vote. was that was pretty crafty of him though. Um, he sees Ben go out. In the dust storm. And, well, I and why did Ben do that? I mean, I really. don't know. Because I mean, we just see him with an inhaler, and he says, "Sure, I'm going to go out in a dust storm now." Yeah. And so Big Jim goes through his backpack, you know, figures out what the deal is, and then when Ben comes back in, he of course knows. Oh, look, his inhaler, and you know, that's what gets him on their gets everybody on his side. Yep. Yep. Oh man! Uh, it's 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 like candy to a baby. He finds yep. this stuff so easily. He's and, not dumb. No, no. And that's then, that's the thing is that he's crafty. Takes what he's uh, the hand he's dealt and uh, really really plays it well. And he plays it yes. And, and they, the townspeople just buy right into it. Yes. they go all in. That's the deal. Without you know, I mean, the uh, the originator of this uh, plan. Uh, for the windmill, at least. Uh, Rebecca is not there to help him. Julie's not there. Barbie's not there. But he manages to pull that together. They get the hose hooked up to it, um, hook it up to a um, to the windmill so that the you know it's, it disperses out like that. And just like red rain going away after you tossed some uh, some uh, alkaline on a lake, it just Boom. immediately stops. Bam. Yeah. And I'm beginning to wonder sometimes, is that the dome saying, okay, you got me, and stopping? Or, you know, because that, that, yeah. that seemed like, uh, I can't see all that happening in so so quickly. I mean, I, how, I forget how big this dome is, but it's yeah, pretty darn me, big. 
Give, give us a few minutes till the nitpick part, and I'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Coming up. Alrighty. Karen will nitpick that. <laughs> right, I we'll, agree. We'll let you do that. All right. WTF, dudes. What's going on here? So, yes. and so Jim is now pu- putting the the uh, the onus on Julia for not having been there. Yeah, why wasn't she here to help with this? And of course, all the whole town is like rabble, 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 <laughs> <laughs> raising their pitchforks and torches. Oh man, I are, swear, very easily manipulated. Whip lash from <laughs> the people turning their heads on everyone. I, but we uh, we get rid of the problem of the week, and uh, so that's all. That's all well and good for everyone involved, except for maybe Julia, right, Barbie. But anyway, the so now Julia is going to come back, and it's going to be the same way, but turned around on her. And the townspeople are going to be like, "Well, where were you last week when we had a dust storm?" <laughs> <laughs> well, yesterday. Oh, right. Well, well I, I, last week for Ju- us, but yesterday. Julia may have to wind up saying, look, I'm not leaving the diner. I don't care what's going on in that tunnel. I'm staying here so that I can <laughs> keep an eye on this guy. Well, but it's too late now. They've already switched again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I give her I give her uh, uh, about a 50-50 chance of switching it back next time. Do you think? I'm thinking so, yeah. Okay. I, I said 50-50. It could, it, it, it could go either way. These people are fickle. We'll see. And then we have Melanie confiding in Julia. And now we're talking about, but we're, we're moving on to our sea story of the four hands. Mm-hmm. And Mel, uh, she, she realizes she screwed up. And, and of course, then later on, she's, you know, making eyes at, uh, at Junior. I'm sorry, James. Yeah. James, yes. James slash Sam slash <laughs> Junior. You look just like Sam. You look just like Sam. Yeah, it was kind of creepy the way she said it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was almost, I didn't think it was, but it was borderline manipulative, I wasn't sure. Yes, yes. And Julia confides in Melanie about the egg. Mm -hmm. So we're, you know, the name of the episode was in the dark, but a lot of people are getting, you know, getting the light all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. We'll see what's going on and, uh, um, so I, 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 again, I like the idea that they are, Answering some questions, talking about these things to other people, so it isn't everybody's got their own secret. But uh, but there was a lot of it. Wow. Yeah, the conf- confiding in each other thing between Melanie and Julia. I think that's meant to show us that they have the same relationship to the egg, mm-hmm. and that that sounds weird. I know relationship, but I think it's really the only way to explain it. Um, they both get the same vibes. Yeah, they both want to uh-huh. uh, protect it, and and they the, get the same feelings from it. Yes, the the it was interesting. The monarch. I wonder if there was like a monarch butterfly. They never actually showed one, uh, and, and from you know a nineteen eighty eight flashback or anything like that. That right. would have there been, must have been though. You would think so. Yeah. Yeah, there must have been, and the fact that there were monarch butterflies at the crime scene with Angie after Melanie left. I, I kind of wonder if it's Melanie leaving them in her wake. Mm, mm-hmm. So I, I think there might be something to do with those and Melanie um, trying to show us that Melanie was the monarch back then. So then we had, I, a, a, it's just a feeling I get that she was the old monarch and now Julia, it, they've passed it along to Julia. And now of course, you know, this episode showed that Melanie has, taken Angie's place as one of the four hands since it needs the four hands. Yeah. So that, it was a good, uh, there was the, the, uh, obligatory, no, she can't really be replaced, you know, Joe, but, you know, this is going to be, uh, a hand to replace the one that was killed. And it's, mm-hmm. it's one that has some history with the egg already. Right. So it's not replacing Angie. It's helping to fill in the hand that is missing. And meanwhile, in the love triangle, <laughs> kind of like the Bermuda Triangle, but <laughs> but under our dome, Joe can't seem to reconcile with uh, with Nori. I mean, that's just she is not going to give him um, 
any any slack at all from that, you know. Hey, you know, buddy, come on now. Uh, and so he moves out of the Rennies, which could be seen as a positive for him. I don't want to. No, I don't know if I would want to stay in the Rennies anyway, for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I, you know, that, that was probably a, a good. Where 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 did he go? I don't know. There were pictures of him and Angie, but their house is gone, right? Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't sure exactly what that, uh, what where that place was when they uh, me either remet together. That's interesting. I don't, I don't know. Uh, At one point, Melanie um, is, you know, talking to Junior. This is what we're talking about. The oh, you look a lot like Sam, and um, (laughs) Nori comes in. It's like, do you? Hit on literally everyone. What a great line! Which that is my favorite line from this of, episode. You know, you can make, you can draw that conclusion. Yep. We don't know Barbie's what she was next. Like in, we don't know what she was like in '88. Oh no! Well, <laughs> she's his age. No, he's, she's older. No, she's older. <laughs> Probably what about ten years older? I'm I'm guessing forty something, forty three, yeah. forty five, something like that. Yeah, so about ten years older. And the uh, but they the the four hands finally get together. They they know where the egg was, and so they kind of a all for one and one for all motion with the hands there. I, I thought that was interesting. It was a, a little cheesy. Did you think it a was little, a little? Yeah, a little almost seancey. Yeah. You know, like they were having a sleepover it's in the a, lake. It's a Ouija lake, you know. <laughs> yeah, there we are. Exactly. And you notice they did it like one, two, two. <laughs> three, four. Like it was choreographed. I was waiting for that boat to tip over. Yeah. <laughs> it would have, wouldn't it? Uh, it's, it oh, they're all standing on the one side of it. Uh, yeah, it would have tipped over. <laughs> it, they, they wouldn't have been that graceful, that's for sure. Well, they, they take this egg back to wherever... You know, Joe had been hanging out. No, Joe and Nori make up. Um, so that was nice, you know. And uh, I thought that was actually quite mature of Nori. Well, she sees, you know, that, you know what she has been putting him through, and mm-hmm. realizes she does need to cut him a little slack. Yeah, and also that I think she sees that Melanie is torn, and you know, she's just come back from the dead, for God's sakes. You know, you know, you're going to be kind of confused when you when you sure. when it happens to you. Sure, you know, <laughs> I've seen it all the time in people that have come back from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you are clearly the expert here. I really I really wouldn't have any idea. <laughs> yeah, I I think Nori finally realizes a day after that. Hey, uh, this is not exactly a situation that everyone would be in. Um. You know, we're we're working in a very weird pressure cooker, and I don't think Joe meant to hurt me. And you say a day later, like you're you're pointing that out, and I'm thinking that's about the right time schedule for teenagers. You know, the next day, yep. the next day, up, next day up, next day down. Da, da, da. Yep. So yeah, I I can go with that. Yeah, me too. And finally, four hands on the egg bring up a an image this time. This time, now every time we have seen pink stars, everybody says pink stars are falling in lines. I have not seen a pink star really fall yet. I've seen them rise mm-hmm. at the dome, and they rise up out of the egg, and I'm thinking, there it is again. It's pink stars rising. Oh, wait a minute. No, now, now they're coming down. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was like a fountain. It was pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. I like the, uh, the, the effect was good. And then they showed the obelisk again. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't really much of a real reveal. We've seen the obelisk before. But it was cool, though. We've kind of, it, yeah. And, it was a nice effect. And it, the uh, we're really, you know, making sure we see. Okay, viewer, did you see that? The obelisk. We yeah. still need to deal with that. Yeah. Let me hit you over the head with it yet again. Oh, that would be that would hurt. That, that <laughs> yeah, will leave a mark. Yeah. Ouchie. Um, it was neat. I like the kind of uh, that uh, starry night thing in the room. It was really neat. Yes, that indeed. that was, I think, the highlight. I think, do you hit on literally everyone was the line of the evening. <laughs> the line of the evening. Thank you very much. Quote of the week. <laughs> Definitely. And that scene in the room with the stars and the obelisk, I think, was the special effect I enjoyed very much. 
Yes, indeed. I'm, I'm into special effects, and that was. I, it was very pretty. But now we do have to move into uh, the sad section of the newspaper. And have a moment of silence for Sam Verdreau. Now, as we all know, when a character dies, it doesn't mean we're not going to see them anymore. Dodie, Alice, all kinds of people like this. But from the point of view of a reporter, a man jumped off a cliff, for crying out loud, into a bottomless pit. So uh, I think we can... We can officially write into the Chester's Mill Gazette that, in fact, Sam Verdreau is dead with a body to be found later, I guess. Yes, a caveat. That's right. With, if, we, if we don't have a body, he may be only mostly dead. <laughs> That's right. The Princess Bride caveat, is that it? There you are. Yes, indeed. Um, but I do need to add, in a science fiction show, if you don't see the head separate from the body... There might not be dead. Anything can happen. That's right. Alrighty. Uh, you have some nitpicks here. And we've Just kind of alluded couple. to them a little bit earlier, but uh, I'll let you uh, have fun with this one. Yeah, it's. I'm not going to elaborate too much, but okay, the windmill thing, you know, they depend on the science lady for the windmill stuff, and then they go ahead and do it without her, and it works just fine the first time. Now, a lot of our stuff is, hey, maybe the dome is helping them. And if that's the hand wave, it's so lazy. Well, I think they said something about the fact that the kids had been uh, working on that, but it never really came to anything. I think she might have said that to Julie at some point. That, it, that So, it I mean, they had there. the windmill already done and they only had to raise or it. but the- Mostly done. Yeah, come on. So, <laughs> they just raise it and it, they start it up and boom. The dust storm's gone. Why I, didn't they just do it? Where was the uh, pressure for the hose? Right. That's what I'm saying. So why didn't Big Jim just go out there and do it? <laughs> Get a couple of guys and go, hey, let's just try it and see if it works. Maybe there's a nothing. It can't a hurt hand anything. pump in the back. There you go. Yeah, oh. right? Well, that was a fire it, hose. That was a lot, of, a lot of pressure. That's, you know. Right. It was not just, you know, somebody it was shooting a squirt gun. It just seems like a big hole. Yeah, he could have just said, look, we've got this already. It may not work, but it wouldn't hurt to try it. Let's, you know, if you don't mind, we could try it. And I and think if, it served you know, its purpose to get the, you know, the townspeople flipping again. Yeah, to, uh, it just seemed like a really flimsy excuse to get them to flip. That's What was, what was pumping the water? Oh, that was the plot device back in the back there, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, and the other thing was the super quick turnarounds in this episode. As far as the folks' uh, emotions and their, their allegiances? Yeah, Big Jim and the townspeople. It, in one episode, they went from hating him to being completely on his side, which was a really fast turnaround, I thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, they he tried to kill them. And then... At the end. Yeah, you'd think there'd be a lingering issue with that. Yeah, just a little distrust. Call me crazy. Right. And then the whole thing with Julia and Miss Science. (laughs) Um, You know, again, she tried to kill the town. And Julia wasn't on board with that. So I would think that even though they're kind of talking and stuff, there was a line in this one with her saying, yeah, I kind of trust you. The only thing I could see a difference there, actually, I would be more inclined to distrust Big Jim uh, because of that uh, that plan that both of them were carrying out. She, at least, had a crisis of conscience and walked away and didn't do it. Sure. Whereas Big Jim thought, you know, he had the placebo, so to speak, but he was he was ready to go ahead and do it. Right. I'm I'm just. I don't know. If I was Julia, I wouldn't be ready to throw in with her. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Not after uh, a day, yeah. Or I wouldn't be all in with her. And Julia seemed ready to like be best buds with her. Um, you know, she, one of her lines was, and I don't remember exactly, but you know, hey, I'm ready to trust you. I mean, almost literally, she said that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and. 
again, one of my things with this episode was the whiplash that I'm getting <laughs> from this stuff. So that is kind of my nitpick with this one is how every now on the flip side of that, I think the Nori and Joe makeup was, is was reasonable, was realistic. Believable. Yeah. Right. And I also think Sam confessing to Barbie was also realistic. Um, I think Sam confessing and Barbie believing him and also understanding why he did what he did. I think that's believable. I don't think that's whiplash. I don't think Nori and Joe is whiplash. But I do think the stuff with Julia, Big Jim, Science Lady, I think that stuff, I'm sorry, I just don't like her, so I'm not going to refer to her by name. <laughs> um, I think all that stuff, the townspeople, it's really making the townspeople look stupid. Yeah, um, that's true. You really get a uh, you know small town folks who are just easily dragged one way yeah. or the other. Well, look at I mean Andrea last week was ready to give all her food to Julia because she so trusted Julia, and this week she's ready at the end of the episode to just be Big Jim's girl, essentially. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. It really does make the townspeople look dumb. Yeah. Yep. Well, while we are fitting you for a, a neck brace for that whiplash, <laughs> let's get on to some letters to the editor. All right. Uh, during the episode, Barb, who is Tangier14, I'm saying <laughs> that right now, she tweeted, OMG, it was actually pretty dang good this week. Is that... I'm sorry. Is that Spanish? No. <laughs> no. I'm 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 fooling with you there. Pretty dang good this week, like a well-written novella. Yeah, she's on the flip side. Yeah, I, like I said, it was it was there was a lot written. Let's put it that way. Yeah, they, they did have a lot of a uh, lot of stuff going on, a lot of uh, you know plot points. But yeah, I I, I there was I, I would have to agree with uh, Karen. This is a little dense, a little too dense. I don't mind dense. But this was a little beyond over the line a little bit. And I'm not saying there it was all bad. It wasn't. There were some really good parts of it. But I, I thought the Barbie and Sam conversations were great. That was fantastic. I agree. And then Barb also went to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback and sent this letter to the editor. Hello, Karen and Doug. This is Barb, your political cartoon lampoonist, calling in from the tunnel at the edge of the cliff. It's hard to sort through the facts this week with one missing source and another that's either dead or on the other side of the dome. Sam may have said that Lyle was crazier than a rat in, the in a jar after the dome fell, but since Sam was trying to kill the four hands, I'm thinking he is a solid candidate for the crazy train himself. I'm inclined... <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I'm inclined to believe his story that Lyle killed Melanie the first time since he saved Barbie twice. Okay, yeah, we kind of... Uh, came to that s a similar conclusion that mm -hmm. he's, uh, he seems to be somewhat believable. Uh, she continues, uh, he saved Barbie twice, confessing to killing Angie, albeit after being confronted, and gave Barbie background on the original forehands. We'll be watching Barbie to see if he begins facing uh, mor morality crises in the future as challenged by Sam. More death to come, I'm afraid. And yes, so, so more times where we can play our little taps. That's right. She continues, Big Jim is back. We need to carefully edit our news comments about him in case he's also back to dealing with negative feedback in his prior style. <laughs> Indeed. And that's <laughs> another one where we could play the, uh, you know. <laughs> exactly. We already have a large obit section in the paper. Yes, it's been uh, kind of sparse uh, at the beginning here, but I have a feeling we're going to be ramping up at the end. Yes. Mm -hmm. She continues, good to see Ben back this week. He's yeah. grown up and gained weight in the past few days. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yes, indeed. Amazing the impact the Dome is having on the townsfolk, both physical and mental. Let's see if Dr. Science eventually markets this as a new and improved product for our health. Better clue in the healthy living editor. <laughs> Gotta run. Need to shake the sand out of this report. Thank you, Barb. <laughs> I love her reports. Oh, that's great. That's great. Thanks for writing in here. We have also, Barb is the political cartoon lampoonist. You can 
If you call in or write in, you can name your title as well. Justina has uh, already done that as well, and she is filing yet another report. Hi, this is Justina, investigative reporter for the Chester's Mill Gazette. I believe that when Sam went over the cliff, he will find himself going through a portal that will lead him to Zenith. I believe that he went over the cliff for a couple of reasons. One, maybe something in the journal of Pauline's told him that that was the way to get out from under the dome and get to Zenith. Number two, he did not want to face Melanie. And number three, he found himself unable to kill Junior, and he believes that killing all four hands will bring the dome down. So since he found himself unable to complete this task, he is now passing this task on to Barbie. I will continue to investigate as the weeks go on. Thanks, Justina. Um, boy, passing that on to Barbie, is, is that's a, well, I can't kill the four hands, so you do it. Yeah, I think that's part of his intent. And again, if if he's the one that set up that trap, I think that was also and we, what he was we thinking. We don't know exactly what was in the uh, in the journal, and perhaps he knew that if he jumped off, you know, Justina talking about you know, maybe there's some sort of portal that that that's the that that obelisk in Zenith is the exit point, so to speak. Um, maybe he knew that. He really wasn't killing himself when he jumped off. He just wanted to get out. Mm. We will find out. We need to look at that journal. Somebody open that up. I know. I'm going to try and steal it. (laughs) I got to find where Zenith is. Yeah, uh, somewhere. Try and go there and go backwards through it. All righty. Give us uh, something from Corey. Yep. We got some feedback from Corey. And I need Corey to call in because you guys need (laughs) to. You guys need to hear his accent. It's very dreamy. Um, but he wrote in, and um, he is our local film and entertainment editor. He says, hi, guys. Tonight's midnight movie is The Descent. Thanks to a generous donation from Andrea Grinnell, we are offering bottomless buckets of popcorn with the price of admission. <laughs> Due to an earlier incident involving Lyle Chumley, the theater entrance is currently blocked. However, <laughs> Julia Shumway and Rebecca Pine anticipate a clear entrance before screening commences. We apologize for any injury or inevitable reveals this may have caused. Cheers, Corey, Chester's Mill Local Film and Entertainment. And he is Corey from Golden Spiral Media's Triple Cast podcast, which you should take a listen to. Yes, I could be talking about Mel Brooks movies soon. Yes, although it's not high anxiety, which is one of my favorites. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, folks, if you want to get your feedback in and get, you know, world famous by our reading your message, or if you want to record something and upload it so that we don't mispronounce your name, like, Corey. like Tangier, uh, <laughs> get it to us before Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and call 304-837-2278. And the words for that for this week are 30 iverb a 78. Okay. You know, 78, like those records, you know. Okay. Back in the day. I-verb 78 RPM? A, 30 iVerb a 78, yes. Okay. Or goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback where you can type in stuff, you can talk to your computer via the SpeakPipe widget, or you can actually create your own audio file and upload it there. And on Twitter, now here we go, this is something interesting. We have an actual official Twitter account now. Uh, the username is at C Mill Gazette, one Z, two T's. And that is going to be kind of our official. Uh, if you want to tweet to us, you can do to that, or you can still tweet to me, uh, Doug Payton, P A Y T O N, and Alaveria, which is Karen, A L E V R. I'm sorry, let's try that one again. A L E V E R I A. Thank you. L M N O P. And we use the hashtag UTD Gazette, one Z, two T's. And don't forget the Golden Spiral Media Facebook page. There's all kinds of information on there, including Chester's Mill Gazette and Triplecast. That's right. And other things. Many other things. Now, 
Before we say goodbye to those of you who are determined to be spoiler-free, I got an announcement that the next couple of issues of the Chester's Mill Gazette are going to be extra editions. This is going to be a banner week for our little uh, newspaper. First of all, our reporters have returned from the 2014 San Diego Comic-Con with a report from the Under the Dome panel. We'll release that this Friday. It features executive producer Neil Baer, as well as cast members Mike Vogel, Rochelle Lefebvre. I would have pronounced that completely differently had I not heard that, you know, <laughs> uh, audio. So it, it, that, if nothing else, that'll get you uh, uh, one thing to, to learn from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean Norris, Alexander Koch, Colin Ford, and Eddie Cahill. So they're all on the panel there. They all get to answer some questions from the folks in the audience. And also there is a teaser trailer that you get the audio from for the rest of the season. Now, secondly, we just wrapped up our interview with Mackenzie Lintz, who plays Nori. That was a thrill. I really enjoyed that. So fun. She was great. Uh, Karen and I peppered her with questions about uh, life as a TV star in high school, how she relates to Nori, how she's like her and how she's not, where she turns to get in character for a sad scene. And the big question Romantic comedy or dramedy? <laughs> Karen had some great little this or that personality kind of questions at the end, so we asked her a bunch of those. I think those would be as revealing as some of the other ones, so really cool. Uh, I'm shooting for releasing that on Dome Monday, so keep your podcast applications updated. We are re- we're releasing a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah, hopefully get you in the mood just before you watch the show. Yeah, there you go. To hear, hear her talk first and then... Get you ready for the uh, for the episode that night. So yeah, lots of issues coming out. This week is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. So thank you very much for listening to us. And if you are being spoiler free, I wish you would stay around. But I, I guess we can't have everybody. And if you are liking spoilers, well then, this is for you. All right, Karen. What do we got? Well, it's not a whole lot. They're keeping next week's episode under wraps. Um, under the I have, dome. I <laughs> under the dome. That's right. Um, or maybe a little not under the dome. Um, but no sneak peeks. Just a few pictures. Not even a lot of pictures. Um, it's episode seven. It's called "Going Home." Mm. So again, maybe not all under the dome. Um, Barbie discovers a new world when he descends further into the mysterious tunnel on Under the Dome, Monday, August 11th. And here's the press release, as per the CBS press site. Brett Cullen stars as Don Barbara, Barbie's father. Um, Brett Cullen was on Lost and a few other shows. Uh, You might want to look him up because most likely you will recognize him. He's been on many, many things. Um, Person of interest, too, right, Doug? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so when Barbie descends into the unknown abyss in the mysterious tunnel to look for Sam, hmm, as I said, if the head's not gone, (laughs) (laughs) he discovers a world that is familiar, but filled with unanswered questions on, on, on under the dome, Monday, August 11th, 10 PM Eastern on the CBS television network. And again, Brent Cullen guest stars as Don Barbara, Barbie's father. And the cheat tweet, again, which is what they will be tweeting out on Monday. What will Barbie find when he goes into the tunnel? Will it lead him out from under the dome? CBS 8, 11 at 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, the recurring cast in these will be the people that show up. Um, Sherry Stringfield as Pauline. So we're going to see some, some scenes from outside the dome. Um, Grace Victoria Cox as Melanie. She's, I'm, I'm thinking she's most, she's kind of a regular now, but. Pretty much. Um, yeah, but she's counted as recurring at this point. And Dwight Yoakam will be back. Yay. As Lyle Chumley. So he actually survived the fall. So we know that that, that drop actually comes out somewhere. Um, Maybe he's singing for somebody outside the dome. <laughs> I'm guessing he is. Uh, the guest cast, again, Brett Cullen. I hate to keep mentioning it, but he's in all the. All the things. Um, and we get a few other people. I don't know if these mean anything, but there's a character called Rick, played by Christopher Matthew Cook. Miguel, played by Fernando Martinez. Brian Distance, who is a guard. 
Kendrick Cross, an orderly, Susan Williams, who is a receptionist. Now, I hope they'd give us a name maybe later on, because if I got to do an obituary for these people, I mean, well, <laughs> the unnamed guard died. Oh, come <laughs> on. Isn't he any friends or last I know. Name? Um, there is some other stuff coming up where um, Barbie is um, taken by some people. So... Um, guard, orderly, receptionist, some of these guys might be those people. Ah. Uh, I'm not going to give much more away than that, but they might get names. So you might hang on to that. I'll be listening. Uh, okay. And this episode next week, Going Home, is written by Peter Calloway and directed by David Barrett. Well, thank you very much. You are welcome. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I, I can understand why some people might want to stay spoiler free. Uh, yeah, me too. But hey, we're doing this for you, so we're not. I don't care. I'm okay with spoilers. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thanks again, folks, for reading this issue of the Chester's Mill Gazette. We've got a lot in store this week. So, like I said, keep your podcast applications uh, current, and it's going to be going to be a big week. We got a lot of stuff for you. I, <coughs> I'm 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 Doug, <coughs> and I'm I, I'm waiting for the windmill to, to kick in. <laughs> <coughs> Apparently, it'll clear up right away. <laughs> and I'm Karen, hoping my vertigo doesn't kick in. Chester's Mill Gazette is presented by Golden Spiral Media at goldenspiralmedia.com.